Welcome to Saturday Morning Rewind, a show dedicated to the love of animation and feeling like a kid again. So let's go back in time to when cats defended Third Earth. Sword of Omens, give me sight beyond sight. A masked duck protected the streets of St. Canard. I am the terror that flaps in the night. And knowing was half the battle. Yo, yo! Let's go back with Saturday Morning Rewind and your host, Tim Nidell. Hello and welcome to Saturday Morning Rewind, the podcast that takes you back to your childhood one interview at a time. And today's interview definitely does that to me because I remember when Reboot came out, I was 13 years old, I remember seeing the very first episode when it first aired, and I was in love. So for today's interview, I have the one and only Michael Benyer on the show, who voiced Bob on Reboot. I come from the net, through systems, peoples, and cities, to this place. Mainframe. This is bad. This is very bad. The Nets are all down. That's to be expected. Great. Well, we can't have any of that in my neighborhood. Time for Glitch and me to party. Of course, before I play the interview, please check out our website, SaturdayMorningRewind.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. All those links are on the website. And also check out our Patreon campaign if you want to help us out financially. And right now, I'm announcing for the very first time that this coming July, during the D23 2017 Expo, which is Disney's convention in Anaheim, I'm going to be holding a little get-together for fellow Saturday Morning Rewind listeners. So if you want to get together, you know, meet me, meet fellow cartoon, you know, lovers out there. Right now, I think it's going to be happening on July 13th, probably in the late afternoon, early evening time. Not 100% confirmed on that quite yet. But I plan on meeting everybody in downtown Disney, which is free to get into. I'm going to have some free Saturday Morning Rewind merch to hand out to you guys. And maybe afterwards we can all grab a drink at Trader Sam's, if you're old enough, of course. And if you guys have tickets to get into the park, possibly hang out for an hour or so in either Disneyland or California Adventure. Which I think would be super cool to hang out with all the listeners out there and meet other fellow cartoon lovers. That would be a lot of fun. So mark that on the calendar. Thursday, July 13th, a little Saturday Morning Rewind get-together. If you can't make it, I'll also be in the expo, so you can always meet me there. I can always give you the free merch if you can't make the get-together. So mark it on the calendar. Hope to see every one of you out there. But anyways, hope you guys enjoy my interview with Michael Benyer. It's not too often that I can say this about a cartoon, but I remember exactly where I was when I first saw Reboot. Really? Where were you? Um, your parents' living room, about 10 inches from the screen? That's Yeah, that can pretty much sum it up. But I remember exactly <laughs> what time. Um, here in America, I don't know if it was the same in Canada, but on TGIF on ABC, Friday nights, they had a sneak like preview of Reboot. So they showed the first episode before it was going to premiere on Saturday morning. And I, right. I want to say it was after maybe Hanging with Mr. Cooper or something like that. And okay. that got me hooked. They're they playing commercials all throughout the show. And then they showed the cartoon, and I was hooked ever since. That's great. I'm glad to hear that. So wasn't it the first full-length like CG animated TV series? Yes, it was. It was the first fully CGI animated series. I believe we beat uh, Toy Story to the screens by about six months, maybe? Um, yeah, it was the first one, and, and they had high hopes for it. And I think it only aired in the U.S. 
two seasons, is that right, on ABC, Saturday mornings? That sounds right, too, yep. Yeah, but then Canada, it played all the time uh, on a channel called YTV, which is the uh, kids' channel, uh, youth television. And it played, I think, three times a day, every day wow. for, I don't know, 15 years. Wow. So in Canada, it was a much bigger deal uh, than it was in the U.S. And uh, that's reflected when I do conventions sometimes in Canada and people come up to me and uh, from a certain age range, you know, to a certain age range, they're just like, I watch this every day with my family, with my dad, with my mom, with my brother, my sister. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's really nice to hear. Yeah, that actually clears a lot of questions up for me because I honestly I felt bad for not remembering watching the show further after season two. So that really clarifies why I didn't get a chance to see it. Right, right. I think it was also on Cartoon Network here. Ah. But uh, but you'd have to check the uh, the Wikipedia for that. I'm not sure. Yeah, exactly. Now, how did you get involved in the show? Uh, I was acting. I was uh, born and raised in Vancouver, and I was acting, and I had been doing uh, voices for cartoons as well as movies and TV. And... Um, I had done a couple of shows. I had notable shows at the time. I had done a show uh, called Barbie and the Rockers, which was uh, Barbie and Ken, and I was the voice of Ken, and there was some notoriety about that at the time when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. And then I did G.I. Joe, kind of the last season of the original G.I. Joe, when they moved recording to Vancouver, and a couple others. And uh, I was friendly with uh, one of the casting guys in town, and uh, we had known about Reboot happening for maybe a year before because it took a long time to get going. And uh, one day when they were holding auditions, they had um, kind of a promo uh, reel for it that had been voiced with the narration of the character that was Bob somewhere else, I think in L.A. And the voice sounded so much like me. I said to my friend Doug Parker, who was casting, I said, is that me? And he goes, <laughs> you're right. It does sound like you. it wasn't me, of course. Uh-huh. But I think at that point, it kind of lodged in his head that I would be the best candidate for the job. And uh, I auditioned, and I got the part, and um, and the rest is history, as they say. Did you ever find out who did that voice in the promo? Uh, I have some ideas, but uh, I won't uh, spill the beans here on uh, national podcasting or international <laughs> podcasting. But um, I'm glad that it uh, went to me at that time, and it helped me kind of get my foot into the next level, which is L.A. During that time, mm. it was a big deal. And then I came to L.A. on a vacation, and I was cast on the the reboot, as it were, of uh, Johnny Quest, The Real Adventures of Johnny Quest. Yes, and yes. I was cast in the role of Haji. So at that time, I was doing both shows. I was, re- I was flying back and forth to um, Vancouver and L.A., and then I was still doing a couple of shows for um, a show called uh, The Hurricanes for Deke, which was about a soccer team where I played a couple of uh, characters. And I did another show called Exo Squad for Universal where I played a couple of characters. Wow. So I was busy doing a lot of animation at that time. Yeah, no kidding. And, wow. then, I, and then I came to L.A. and uh, I wanted to do more on camera. And that's where I've been since. I still do voiceovers, but a lot, not as much animation as I was doing then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, when it came to the recording sessions for Reboot, what was that like? Were you guys together as a group, or did you do them individually? Uh, in the beginning, it's, it's very traditional to do um, cartoons kind of in a radio play format where you have all the actors kind of in a semicircle facing the recording booth. They like to get the interplay. Um, so Reboot was just like that. Uh, the one exception was the actor Tony Jay, who was in Los Angeles. Uh, yeah. He was a British actor. Um, who played Megabyte, 
And uh, and then when I moved to L.A., um, I would continue to fly back to Vancouver for the sessions, which were very sporadic since it took a long time to do the show at the time. <laughs> and then at a certain point, they got comfortable with me being able to do my own thing. And they kind of tagged me on to the end of Tony's sessions in L.A. So oh, very nice. the first couple of years I did basically with a group in Vancouver. And then there were a handful that I did by myself in Los Angeles. And then they uh, did a third season. Uh, and they got someone else to do the voice of Bob, which I wasn't even aware of until after it happened. And then years later, they contacted me and I did um, the season four, which were the movies, um, alongside Ian Corlett, who had been the replacement for Bob. And um, and then that was it. So I did that with a group as well. No. And then and then the last day that I ever recorded for 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 those movies was uh, I was I had gone to Winnipeg to go to a law school. And uh, they called me. They said, we want to fix the opening. We'd like you to, to re-record uh, some lines. And I said, well, I'm in Winnipeg. And then they allowed me to record the uh, opening monologue fix uh, at the CBC studio in downtown Winnipeg before okay. my criminal law class, which was at, like an hour later. <laughs> wow. So, so um, that's a little bit of trivia for you about uh, Reboot. Nice. Now, why was Bob recast? Were, just because you were too busy, they couldn't get a hold of you or, or what? You you would really have to ask those people. I think it was at the time that, that like you said, they didn't want to be bothered with dealing with another actor to record in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. And he, if you watch that season, he was not in it that much. Uh, I think there was two, or maybe three or four episodes at the most that he was in. Okay. I, you know, but and they explained the voice change that he had been morphed in the net into Glitch Bob, and he looked different, so his voice could be a little different. Ah, that, okay, that makes sense then. Okay. So what was yeah. it was it like coming back to the show that you know you you created the voice of Bob was it back like coming back to the show for the last season That's that's funny that you say that I mean I created the voice I mean so many people uh are, are involved in the creation of an animated show and and when I do a convention I'll I'll really point that out to the fans they say you were my hero and this and that and I say listen I was just fortunate enough to be cast you know in this character that someone came up with wrote and like hundreds of people animate um, you know, so there's a lot of, you know, things that have to line up for that to happen. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the creators of the show, you know, even said after the fact that their original envisionment of Bob, envisionment, envisioning of Bob <laughs> was that he would be more kind of a, a, a hero, like an action hero. I think they, they used the reference of Michael Bean from, from, ah. from Alien. Yes, yes. And that when I kind of did it, I took it over and I saw it as more of a kind of a young guy thrust into this position. He wasn't entirely sure what he was doing. Kind of a Spider-Man or a Michael J. Fox in kind of Back to the Future. Mm -hmm. So um, they enjoyed that and they said that after I was doing it, they kind of wrote the character to my kind of reluctant hero uh, aspect. Okay. So that was nice. And, and to be called back, like you're saying, after you've been, quote, replaced... It was a little. It was a little victorious. It was a little <laughs> bit uh, sweet, but you know we were both there doing it, so you know it was kind of funny for both of us. But um, listen, I'm very proud of, the, of of what the show do, did, and it still continues to do. And I meet people in all, you know, walks of life. A lot of young uh, animators, you know, started into computer animation mm -hmm. because of their love of reboot. And and they and when I tell them that I did the voice, they they just can't believe it, and they you know they want to shake my hand or get an autograph or whatever or a picture. And it's, it's a nice thing to be associated with. What about a favorite memory that sticks out? 
Um, favorite memory that sticks out. Okay, this is a funny one. I've told this before. It's on the commentary of the DVD extras, okay. but it's it's a good one. You know, when you're a voiceover actor, people don't know that you're the voice of this character because you you know you're just walking down the street, and no one knows. And the analogy I use is when Kiefer Sutherland walks down the street, people say, "I love Twenty Four. I love Jack Bauer." When I walk down the street, nobody knows that I voiced this character that they might have loved. So I'm in the late 90s. I'm doing a movie, an on-camera role in a mafia movie with Joe Mantegna. And uh, we're sitting in this limousine scene, which takes about four or five days. They have uh, different versions of the limousine, which are cut from different aspects, so we can do the scene. And we're sitting and chatting. And after a few days, he says, what do you do? I say, I'm an actor in L.A. as well. He goes, oh, you're from here? I said, yeah, I do a voice in... He says, do you know this voiceover director, Andrea Romano? And I said, yes, <laughs> I know her because she directed me in a show called Reboot. And he pauses and says, Reboot? What do you do on Reboot? And I said, do you know the show? He goes, yeah, I know Reboot. Who are you on Reboot? And I said, <laughs> I'm a character named Bob. And he kind of pauses, you're Bob on Reboot? I was laughing. I said, Joe Mantegna knows what I'm talking about? <laughs> and he goes, yes. He goes, I have a daughter. And I think the daughter was very young at the time, and he mentioned that she was autistic, and they said that she'd been saying reboot, reboot for months. And one morning, he comes down to the, the, the living room on a Saturday morning, and she's pointing at the TV, and he realized reboot was this animated series, and he said that she responded to the show because of the kind of the new look of the show, the, you know, the geodesic yeah, you know, aspect yeah, yeah. of the show. And he goes, wait till I tell my wife I met Bob from Reboot. So that was kind of, it put things into perspective with somebody is a fan of the show, you know. So, and then later when I did my first convention and, you know, 500 people in a room were unanimously, you know, reciting the opening monologue that I realized, wow, this did have an effect on people. Because you don't know, you're kind of removed from it. Yeah. You know, you knew that this thing years ago. Yeah. Isn't it crazy that something like an animated show can do that to children? Have you, have you seen or heard of the, the documentary that just came out, Life Animated? No, I haven't heard about that. It's one. amazing. If I was like a kid, um, I don't I don't remember if he was autistic oh, or yes, what. Oh, yes, I've heard about this one. The guy made it about his son who was yep. also autistic. Is that what it was? Um, and he never spoke until he was like five or six, maybe even yes. older. And then yes. cartoon, he, they spoke to each other through cartoons. Yes, I did that. He's a big Disney fan. Yep, yes, I yep, heard yep. something about that on the radio. Yeah, it's really good, and it's amazing that something like animation can do that, and I love that. I love it, too. I mean, when it dawned on me that I was the voice of a hero of a kind of a generation of Canadians and some Americans, like yourself, I kind of laughed. I said, I get it. I'm I'm the, the Spider-Man of my generation, yeah. you know, I'm saying, or in Canada, I said the Casey and Finnegan, which was a Canadian show of this, mu this puppet show. But, you know, it, it's a nice thing. And, and if I don't ever do anything of more notoriety, you know, and if that's all I've got on my, you know, asterisks of my career, I'm happy with that. It's something, you know, mm -hmm. but I've done a lot of other things since then. <laughs> and, uh, you know, um, it, it's nice that people still uh, want to talk to me about Reboot. Mm-hmm. So in the show, your character Bob would enter these games and battle it out. Let's say that was real life. Let's say you actually really are Bob, and you a, a user loads a game up, and you have to enter it. Which game franchise would you like to enter and play in? Well, um, I'm I'm a traditionalist as it comes to video games, and uh, I, I you know my my game when I was a kid was Pac Man, but 
I saw them use Pac-Man kind of in the real world in this uh, Pixar movie yeah. uh, a couple years ago yeah, that yeah. Adam Sandler did. And it just didn't seem to ring true. But I guess I would say Donkey Kong, where I would be Mario. And of course, then if I won that game, which I would, I would spin <laughs> off into all the other various Mario games there was. So it would be good for me as well, having a, an ongoing career as a video game there character. There you go, yeah. One, one, yes. of the, one of the oldest working video game characters of all time. Yes. I can still remember the, the, the moves that I had to do as a kid to, <laughs> to jump over the barrels and climb up the ladder, for sure. It's not an easy game. It really isn't. No, no. And it gets progressively harder as it, as it progresses. Oh, yeah. I don't think I made it past like the second level as a kid. Right. Do you have any information? I'm sure you don't. I'm sure you can't say anything about the reboot of Reboot. Is that still happening? Do you know? I know they're doing it. Okay, good. Yeah. Good. And I'm, I'm assuming you'd like to be part of it if they you know, asked you along. Of course. Of course. Yeah. What would you want to see in a reboot? Would you want them to do it all over again, retell the story, or would you want them a, like a continuous story? Um, I would love to see kind of a continuation of the of the world that uh, I was voicing in. But I think what they're going to do now is kind of the next generation, kind of a Star Trek, the next generation, or Star Wars, where you have the mm. older characters around with newer characters yes. and all that. Okay. And there's so much that has happened in the last 20 years regarding the internet and computers that it would be, you know, remiss of them to not kind of update the show to yeah. reflect those changes. Yeah, I can't imagine what the graphics are going to look like because, I mean, mid-90s graphics are amazing. It's kind of what appealed to me as a teenager. But to have modern-day graphics with the story, I think it's going to be epic. I do know that it's going to be half live-action, half CGI. That oh. I do know. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. Huh. Tron, if you will. Go back to Tron somehow. Yeah, maybe. I can see yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about Robot Chicken. You voiced how many, like 11, 12, 20 characters of Robot Chicken? You know more than me. I don't even know. Because, you know, when you go in to do um, a session, they'll say you're going to do this character and then this character, and and you do multiple characters in a show, and then sometimes they recut them together, and, and I don't know. But it's a, funny, it's a funny story, which I've also told before. But um, I had done a voice on a show called uh, Sweet J Presents. And uh, I was friendly with Seth Green at the time. I was good friends with his girlfriend at the time. Okay. And uh, they were doing this kind of stop-motion Saturday Night Live thing they were talking about. And it was originally going to be for Sony's website, uh, Crackle, at the time. And he goes, do you want to do this? He goes, I can't pay you. But it's I said, of course. And we recorded the voices in some sort of someone's garage in, in Hollywood Hills. And uh, I think this was around 1999-2000. And uh, I think he had originally done a little, little short when he appeared on the Conan O'Brien show where they were both animated with the action figures. Mm -hmm. And after that, people said, why don't we do a series of this? And he goes, okay, great. So he got some of his friends and we did a bunch of stuff and it was really fun. And I never thought anything about it. And then I went off to go to law school. This was around 2001. That show didn't get any traction because it was a little too early in the internet world. And then Cartoon Network said, why don't we do it? But we got to change the name. And then Seth contacted me again. He says, we're doing it again, but we couldn't use any of the footage produced for Sony because they own it, but we're going to redo it. Do you want to come back now? And I can pay you now. I said, of course, and mm -hmm. even better, getting paid. Mm -hmm. So uh, I went back, and the irony was that a lot of the voices I had done originally, they got the real celebrities to do. Okay. So there had been a sketch called, uh, it was a spoof of the Karate, kid called enter the fat one which was joey fatone somehow was 
involved <laughs> with the Karate Kid, and that's why it's Fatone Fat One. And I think originally I had voiced uh, Daniel, Mr. Miyagi, and a Yakuza. And then come around the second time, they got Joey Fatone to be the kid. They got Pat Morita to be Miyagi. And they said, do you want to be a Yakuza? And I said, sure. You know, so it kind of went like that, which was second time around. I wasn't given the starring roles mm -hmm. as I had before because they got more celebrities. And every time I would go back to the recording studio, they got bigger and bigger stars. <laughs> I remember going to do one and and Robert Culp was there. I don't know if you know who Robert Culp was. Robert Culp was the co-star of a show called um, The Greatest American Hero yes. along yeah, uh, yeah. William Catt. And I couldn't believe it. And he was there and he was voicing his character from the greatest American wow. hero. And then another time I went in and there was an older gentleman who had a white beard and he couldn't kind of look like Santa Claus. And I knew him in Los Angeles and because he was a casting director for commercials and his name was Danny Goldman. And he came into the studio and I said, what, what is he doing here? And he came with his wife and she goes, Oh, you don't know. And I said, no, she goes, Danny is the voice of jokey Smurf. And I had known this guy for 15 <laughs> years, not knowing really in his previous life. He was one of the Smurfs. Wow. So he goes into the studio, and I'm watching this older man do the voice of Jokey Smurf. And I was like, oh, my God. My, like, worlds are colliding. My mind was ex exploding. It was crazy. So, yeah, I mean, they have a, a crew of friends that do the voices, and uh, they're still doing it. I, hopefully, I'll get back in the crew. But it just expanded so many celebrities that Seth knows, you know, get to voice things and be yeah. themselves or other people it's fun yeah a few of the voices that really stuck out when i when i saw it were i mean who who can say they were the voice of santa claus ron jeremy and jesus all in one show me michael benyer <laughs> i can say that <laughs> that's right <laughs> yeah um i think i did moses in that one episode too wow. i'm not sure what? you know more than me i don't know <laughs> um but the funniest one the funniest one was i did a character which was a, a spoof of a Gap japanese game show called who poop rast <laughs> and um, and it was kind of a yelling Japanese game show host who couldn't pronounce the L in in last. Mm -hmm. So they told me that they you know they wanted to be you know politically correct when they came around and get you know somebody who was Asian to do it. They said, but we couldn't find somebody who did it as funny as you, Michael. So they had me do uh, Who Poop Rast again. <laughs> so there were several of the characters that I had originated on Sweet J that I then did again, and that was one of them. And on the DVD of the first season of uh, Robot Chicken, I believe there's the extras, which shows the original stuff that we did. Oh, sweet. So that's on there. Yeah, Sweet J. There you go. That's yes, right. yes, yes, yes. That's right. All right, Michael, what do you have coming up? Do you have anything you want to talk about, promote, maybe a Twitter what or something? What do I have coming up? Blah, 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 blah. This last year, I was fortunate enough to be in a big movie called Deadpool. Of course. And... Um, and I did um, a couple of TV shows. One was a um, a TV movie based on a cart, not a cartoon, but a, a kids show you might have watched in the '90s called Legends of the Hidden Temple. Yes, of course. Did you see that? I didn't okay. see the no. I didn't see the movie. I wanted to though. Yeah. So in that, I play kind of the human embodiment of Olmec, who becomes the talking statue in the show. Oh, great. So that was fun. And then I'm trying to look. I'm looking at my list of what I've been doing. <laughs> I did a movie a couple of years ago that's going to come out soon. You guys should get it on iTunes called Blood, Sand, and Gold. Okay. And it's a fully independent movie. It looks amazing. If you check out the, the trailer, you're going to be blown away. And we filmed in Mexico, and they filmed all over the world, Switzerland, Hong Kong, like so many different 
countries in the world, and it was done on a you know independent budget. And it wow. looks like kind of like a Jason Bourne movie oh, wow. for much less money, but it came out really great. You guys should check it out. Blood, Sand, and Gold. I did a comedy that William H Macy, uh, uh, the actor, directed, starring Kate Upton and Alex Daddario, and that should come out soon. It's called The Layover. Uh, and then I'm going to be on the new Prison Break sequel, mm-hmm. which will be coming out in April, I believe. And I yeah. did a few episodes yeah. of that. So that's the on-camera stuff. I'm trying to think of what voiceovers I've done. Probably some video games that I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> so I do those, and then they'll come out. You're in this. So you know. So I don't know. But uh, oh, and I do voices for Jimmy Kimmel sometimes. Oh, that's, that's right. Cool. That's right. So I don't know if anything in that is I should be telling you to watch, but that's what I'm doing. Well, I'm excited about every single one, especially if Kate Upton's involved, I'll, I'll be there. Kate is a lovely girl, and she's very funny. I think you'll be very surprised when you see the movie. Yeah. Oh, nice. Very cool. All right, Michael. So this has been a pleasure. Big fan of your work. Um, can I get you to close the interview out as Bob, if you can? Oh, sure. Um, thank you, Tim. Uh, it's been my pleasure, and I just want to say that I came from the net through systems and cities and peoples to this place. Saturday Morning Rewind. Reboot! Thanks for listening to Saturday Morning Rewind. Please check them out on Facebook and Twitter. And that's all, folks.